again. Thank you, Pigger. I like hearing that song first thing here on Sunday morning. Good morning to all you listeners out there. My name is R.T. Lowe, and you're listening to For Your Information here on Cox Radio. For Your Information is a public affairs program that we have, and we try to have somebody from the community on and tell us about the things that they do. And this Sunday, I have a great guest. She is with the Cleveland Historical Society, and her name is Pat Mange. Are you still on the line there, Pat? Yes, I am. It's good to have you on. How are you enjoying the the weather this week? It has been pretty good, really. I'm glad to see some rain so we're not really dry. I heard that the rain has been really necessary. It had gotten to where they were really worried about having fires and things at the around the county. First of all, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Pat Mange. I'm with the Cleveland Historical Society and Museum. Uh, we've been here since 2009, and we are really interested in getting more information on the Cleveland history and making it real to people. The Cleveland Historical Society, uh, it's been around for a number of years now. We have a office and an actual museum there, don't we? Yes. Can you yes, tell us is. where that is? It's uh, 203 East Booth Street here in Cleveland. We're right next to the fire station. For those uh, We're that, in the old City Hall building. That's what I was going to say. For those that have been around for a while, it's the old City Hall building. It's a pretty building. Yes, and we are slowly getting projects finished and hopefully someday to have the whole building open. Right now we're probably about two-thirds of the building is, is uh, open and ready to be viewed. Now, the, the part where I've been into, it's over at the what used to be the old Chamber Hall. Yes. And it seems to me it's full of stuff. It is. That was the first section that we opened up, and we do have a lot of exhibits there, and we're slowly spreading out. Where do the exhibits come from? Mainly from local people who bring them to us and share with us. And you've got all sorts of things. Can you tell us about some of the items that you have? We have... Uh, a lot of the photographs that uh, Moon Young took, and we've been really fortunate in being able to display them uh, because they really depict our history. We have a lot of information on the logging in the area, uh, about Fostoria, uh, Tarkington. We're really hoping to emphasize more on our military, our local military people, and uh, trying to make people realize that you can go to school in Cleveland, you can grow up in Cleveland, and you can be somebody and be a part of this community. And, and the community it does have a lot of people that uh, have gone on to to very good heights, all the way up to uh, a gentleman who became the Speaker of the House for Texas. Right. So. Give Lewis, yes. That's yes. right. And so we've we've had a lot of folks come up from uh, Cleveland. And Cleveland's got a lot of history. I, 
I, I think a lot of people, as you were saying, Moon Young's photograph, Moon Young, for those that aren't familiar with him, was a photographer here in the area, I guess from the 40s on, right? I think the early 50s. Early 50s? On. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly when he had started. I know that uh, there he was He went some... to school here. Yeah. I d- yeah he, he... he actually went to school here. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, there's some pictures of him on the football team, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he documented the city pretty well for a number of years. He actually went and took pictures of uh, some of the buildings as they were being built and some of them as they were coming down, didn't he? And he took several pictures, aerial views of the city that are just really explain what our area is is about. Yeah, we kind of forget. He did. He also does or did tons of portraits and things like that. And that's kind of what we think of most of those. But uh, he's also he was a very accomplished pilot. You're right. I'd forgotten that he'd taken so many aerial photos. We're speaking with Pat Mange, and she is with the Cleveland Historical Society. As as you work with the the citizens bringing in items, what other items have uh, people brought in to be viewed in the museum? Things that uh, have meant a lot to them as they grew up. We have some uh, beautiful Victrola. Uh, in fact, we have one that predates the Victrola. Uh, the old record player. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, really been fortunate to get a, a lot of the um, medical information, uh, which has meant a lot to Cleveland as it came up. Yes. Uh, right now we have a gentleman who has donated some trains, and we're working on getting the train room uh, up and running. Uh, this is going to be a major, a major draw for us. Well, Cleveland was uh, one of the reasons it's here is because of the the trains coming through. Yes, yeah, it had a big part in Cleveland being established. Uh, although there was a cotton gin in Cleveland before the railroad ever came through. And I'm not sure people realize that that the cotton gin was actually here first. Right. Yeah, I I was shocked when I read that but yeah it was uh, where uh, CVS drugstore is at now and that's one of the downtown areas for those that aren't familiar it's a corner of Washington and Houston streets right yeah and the the gin was important and of course having the water source uh, East Fork of the San Jacinto River right there was important also a lot of the cotton and whatnot that was grown here had to be taken by wagon clear down to the Lynchburg Ferry to be shipped. It was amazing the the distance that they did haul those and and the roads <laughs> roads might be a, a a real generous term for those trails, huh? Right. Yeah, and I think we had the railroad come through before we had any kind of roads at all. I mean, it was. You know, maybe a, a small wagon trail. Yeah, and of course the the old uh, stagecoach used to come through the Cleveland area from uh, the Targington and uh, uh, Macedonia area. It would c- come through there. Yeah, 
but there weren't that many roads, and it's strange uh, how many of the local roads uh, that exist today, how they twist and turn, because that's the way the, the trails twisted and turned. Yeah, that, that's where the horses could get through without having to, yeah. And as the horse went through, and, and then later, you know, they could widen them a little bit with a wagon, and that's what they followed when they put the roads in. And so, folks, if you're ever going down the, the East Texas country roads and wondering why you have to make so many curves and, and and why it's only 10 miles from here to there, but you put 15 miles on your car, well, that's why, because you're going around fence lines and, and tree stands that were there 150 years ago or 100 years ago, anyway. And wherever you could find a, a place that was shallow enough to, to afford a, a small creek or bayou that's absolutely true uh we're speaking with pat mange and she is with the cleveland historical society and the society has a museum and we're talking about some of the things in the at the museum uh the train room ought to be a lot of fun though uh how how big do you think it's going to be we're really excited about the train room and uh Basically what it is, we're going to have the train laid out where the kids can come in and control it. And it'll be where they can watch the trains and they can control it. Uh, we're also going to have a lot of trains on display. And then we're going to have trains running around under the, you know, just below the ceiling. So even though not in the train room, we may have another train running in a room other than the train room. I'm not sure as to the size of the room, but it's it's going to really be nice. We've had uh, worked on it quite a while now, and it is just amazing what it is beginning to look like. Uh, and I'm, I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag. You're going to have uh, some nice display areas that look like towns or communities, right, along the train tracks? Yes, yeah. We've got the the miniature houses and whatnot, which will make it look like uh, we've even, right now he's already even set up a drive-in theater, so you can. <laughs> <laughs> Back in in the day, uh, at least they can tell people about what a drive-in theater was. Right. Yeah, because we've got the he'll have cameras on the trains as the train goes around. You'll be able to watch. The, the kids that are, are controlling it on the movie screen. And once again, these are things that uh, Cleveland was uh, brought up with, the, the trains. Uh, we have the different tracks that cross here right in downtown or in, near the downtown area. Uh, also, like you said, a lot of people see all the timber area out here. They really are surprised to hear we had a lot of cotton uh, plantations out here. Right. Everybody that I talked to seemed to think it was mainly the timber that brought people, but there was a lot of uh, of other stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of cotton grown here back before they came in and started uh, cutting the timber. And, folks, you remember she said something about taking it down towards the Lynchburg Ferry, and that's because back then the major port for Texas was Galveston. Right. 
and it had a lot of cotton that went through Galveston. And it was most of it was uh, shipped directly to Europe. People don't realize how much cotton and such came out of Texas. And then, of course, uh, the timber became, uh, when, we, when we had a way to move those big trees, then the timber became very profitable. Yes, and the sawmills uh, were, we had towns, uh, not just a sawmill, but, but each one had its own, basically its own town. It supported its own workers, and there were several of those here. And we're speaking with Pat Mange of the Cleveland Historical Society. Yeah, you mentioned Fostoria, which now that that was a town of several thousand people at one time, wasn't it? Yes, yes, and it closed in about 1955. Uh, before that, we had uh, Gladstone was just south of Cleveland, yep. a couple of miles, and uh, it was big enough that it had its own. Uh, hospital and doctor and uh, commissary. Uh, it closed in 1935. And, uh, of course, then it went to, it was the Grogan family, and they closed here and went to Conroe. But uh, they did a lot of buying and selling in uh, the timber, you know, where people had a, a, a way to support themselves here and uh, make this area grow. Yeah, the the timber industry, once the trains were able to pull up and they could load those trains, they could get into the to what was becoming metropolitan areas like Dallas and, and Houston and uh, places like that, you know, Beaumont a little bit, but some of the places that could use the lumber. But uh, the the lumber was cut from these mills and the people that worked at the mills in many cases kind of like you hear about the stories of the coal mines they were actually paid in company script in many cases weren't they yes they were and even though they really didn't come into cleveland to buy things until after their place you know commissary and whatnot closed down and then the houses from Fostoria were sold and moved into Cleveland and into uh, Splendora, the local area. Uh, and uh, most of the workers were able to come into Cleveland and find work. So they pretty much stayed in the area. Um, and, uh, of course, Fostoria had a school that went through the eighth grade, and then the kids, when they ready for high school had to either come into Cleveland or Splendora for school. So it made a big impact on Cleveland when these places were operating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you feel a little strange in both cases, whether it's Gladstell or, or over in Fostoria. Uh, most of all the buildings are gone. There's a few left, but Mainly what's left are the cemeteries. Yes. Most of the people were buried in other cemeteries. There weren't that many that were buried in in the cemeteries that were close to the sawmill. And I was kind of surprised to learn that. Um, 
and going back through the death certificates and stuff to find that they were buried uh, in so many other areas. Well, they they would also come from other areas to go to work there. I mean, you know, we've got cemeteries all over East Texas, obviously, because the folks have been around here for a long time. But you've got family cemeteries. Uh, they had family that lived over there and worked over there. And when they passed, they were buried in the family cemetery further along. But it it is odd that they have those, uh, the local cemeteries are, are, are there to mark Fostoria and the Gladstell Mill area. Yes. We would like to have more information from people who knew about the people who were buried in those cemeteries or worked in those sawmill towns and, and their families are from around here because that's what makes our museum real is their history. That's one of the things we wanted to talk about, getting people that are within the sound of our voice. But, you know, a lot of people moved from Cleveland into the big city or, you know, they carried their family information to different areas. And if you know anything you uh, about the Cleveland history, if your family was involved, y'all want to hear about it, right? Right. We'd like to know the businesses that were here in the earlier years uh, who owned them and where they were located, because sometimes now it's hard to go back and find what was next door to to Western <laughs> Auto, and it's moved three times since then. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is something that we really would like for the, the people to share with us. If you just read the history of Cleveland, to start with, uh, the town didn't become official until 19, what was it, 35? 1935. And, uh, folks, there was a big town here. It just wasn't official. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the water, which is uh, one mark of a, uh, a modern municipality, uh, was privately owned water system, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, and it, first it was put in to supply a hotel, and then he went ahead and started selling to other people. But it went in first just to supply his hotel. Cleveland had some really large hotels back in the like nineteen. Well, one of them, two of them that burned in nineteen fifteen, right? Were very very huge. And a lot of that was the people that worked on the railroad, people that passed passed through. Uh, we had a, a pretty bustling town, of course. Uh, some of those businesses back then were, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, saloons before Prohibition came in. Uh, Cleveland was known during the turn of the century as a pretty rough little place if, if you got on the wrong side of the tracks, the wrong side of town. Right. And, you know, most of these guys who came in to work temporarily and stayed in the hotels or the saloons or whatever, didn't bring their families with them right away. So they would come in and, and live in the hotels and, until they could bring their family to join them. And um, people being people, they, they're not around their family. They still sought entertainment and, and everything else. Right. 
We're, sp- um, we're speaking with Pat Mange, and she is with the Cleveland Historical Society talking about some of the things in Cleveland history. But there were a lot of businesses in town, a lot of things that, uh, well, before Moon Young, uh, we had another photographer in town, and uh, sadly, we've lost a lot of his photos. Right. We do have a few of his here at the museum, and he, I, it's, he did a fantastic job. It was Loomis Studio. He was here, I think, until about 1935. And the amazing thing, you know, when he moved or passed, I don't know what, I think his building was damaged, and there were a bunch of pictures and negatives just on the floor of his shop, uh, you know, after he had left. You know, that's the way buildings uh, would do. You know, they would, the roofs would fall in and there would be problems. And you really wish you could go back in time and grab grab those pictures and dry them out. Have right. Them look at. Yeah. It was, I mean, they built the best they could with what they had back then, but it didn't take a fire. There were so many places destroyed by fire. And if you had a fire in midway in the block, you could just almost say the whole block was gone. That's and it. We lost a lot that way. Yeah, people looking back, you'd be amazed at how many city blocks literally burned down. Well, when the lighting was candles and you had flammables around them, and we all know that uh, it does rain here, but sometimes it's real dry, and if it's dry, it's a tinderbox. Right. Uh, and when you consider that generally the floors were wood, the walls were wood, the ceilings were wood, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of tin around. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you, you built with what you had, and we had a lot of wood. We did, uh, one of the big businesses in here for a while was we had a brick factory in town, right? Yes. From what we can find out, there was a brickyard here. Uh, it is now our cemetery. And then I would imagine that was because it was leveled out for the brickyard. Right, yeah. And uh, apparently it belonged to the family it belonged to, buried their daughter there, and then uh, somebody else came along and said, hey, can I bury mine there? And it became our cemetery. And uh, back about 1928, uh, there were a group of women got together and, formed a cemetery association and they hired someone to come in and keep the cemetery clean and groomed and uh, it has gone from there. And and back in the day, as they say, those associations did a lot of things. Uh, uh, there were fraternities for men, the Masons and the Odd Fellows. The, those were two of the big organizations. And the, the ladies, of course, had the Order of the Eastern Star if, from the Masonic Lodges and the, the Rebecca's from uh, the Oddfellows. Our firemen had their uh, women's auxiliary. That's right. Had a, a big effect on Cleveland. In 1928, they got together and went and cleaned up the park and put in a bandstand so they could have a band play. Uh, the women were very active. And thank goodness, because it's civilized Cleveland. 
They they help take care of the the area and uh, and and today we look back and we need those uh, if we had people that have maybe pictures or stories about the different things that's what y'all are looking for from the individuals right right pictures uh, memories if they'll bring their pictures in we'll scan them and give them their original back and. Then tell us a little bit so we can, you know, get some kind of short histories that people can enjoy reading. And this is what they're looking for when they come in. Well, if you don't mind, would you give uh, folks your address and your telephone number again? Okay. The address is 203 East Booth Street. The phone number is 281-659-2200. We're open 11 to 2 on Friday and Saturday, and we will open by appointment anytime. And you have meetings on uh, special Thursday nights, right? We're the, we're, we have our meetings on the fourth Thursday of each month at 6 o'clock. And you have different speak, uh, speakers come in, right? We try to have a different speaker, somebody that will be of interest to everybody. We also have a Facebook page that people can go on and uh, check us out, make remarks. We're getting a lot of information off of uh, Facebook, people coming on with their memories. It's Cleveland, comma, Texas Historical Society. And you just put that into your Facebook search, right? Right. So there are some different ways that... Uh, our listeners out there, if you know some of the stories, you have some of the pictures of the, the past in Cleveland, uh, get with them. Uh, get with the Historical Society through the Facebook page or call them. Gave you the number for that. And you would, you know, you'll talk with anybody about it, huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we are working on right now is our uh, Room of Honor. And it's going to be military, police, fire. We're looking for information for anybody who has been in the military or involved in the police uh, fire uh, from the Cleveland area. And uh, if you graduated from Cleveland, we'd love to find out what you did after you left Cleveland, after you graduated from, from high school here. What did you do? Well, I tell you... I, Everybody can enjoy the the museum and all the discussion. It is great to learn about your history. Uh, it's you don't want to ever lose that, and we almost did. We appreciate the historical society working so hard to to preserve it. We appreciate the time that you give us to let people know about us. Well, thank you very much for being my guest, Pat. Thank you. Folks, my name is R.T. Lowe, and I host For Your Information here on Cox Radio. Now, I need you to get out a piece of paper and a pencil, something to write with. You see, we do this program to help keep people in the community, in this part of Texas, apprised of events going on. But I need your help with this. If you're having an event, no, not a sale or some money-making idea, if you want to advertise, we have a great 
advertising department here at Cox Radio. Just contact them, Cox Radio in Houston. But this is for nonprofit events, something of interest to the community, and I'd like to help share that information. Only way I can do that is if you send that to me. Here's where that pen and paper I was telling you about come in handy. Send the information to r period t period l o w e at cox c o x inc i n c dot com. So that's r period t period l o w e at cox inc dot com. Okay, thanks for tuning in and pick her key up at flat top and take his own home. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.